First off, I'd like to say congratulations. You are in at the beginning of something amazing. I'm about to show you something that's amazing. You guys want to see something amazing? Yes, I want to see something amazing. Yeah. What is it? So amazing. Amazing. Whoa, amazing. What are you waiting for? Something amazing, I guess. This week on Something, Something amazing. amazing. A Scottish botanist with confidence. What is he going to do? Virtual reality is helping doctors prepare for their first surgeries. It's really nerve-wracking. And now, VR's going to help them out. A whole country turns off their internet. But why and whom? And a $1.5 million prize is going to a team who can solve one of the world's biggest problems. Well-researched stories and friendship and great times here this week on Something, Something Amazing. Hello and welcome to Something, Something amazing. amazing, your weekly podcast of <laughs> facts and f- friendship and the uh, good times. Yes, absolutely. Hi, Amberly. Hi, we're very well rehearsed. <laughs> yeah, delivered flawlessly, so thanks for that. And if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you know that that's how we open every podcast. <laughs> With that exact description <laughs> and those fumbles. It's kind of our trademark. Um, <laughs> what we do here at Something Amazing is almost described at the beginning of the podcast, but <laughs> what we do is each week... week each week, we sit down and... Oh, no, you've got it too. <laughs> but we've caught the bug. Um, we share a story. It could be a fact. It could be a cool newspaper article. It doesn't matter. All- newspaper? Have we ever shared a newspaper <laughs> article? Not yet. When's the last time you read a newspaper? Um, uh, maybe we should do a newspaper edition where it can only be a fact we've read in the newspaper. Anyway. Where all- do you even get a newspaper anymore? The facts all have one rule, and that is that they must be... Something amazing. amazing. Our second rule is every time we say something something amazing, amazing. we say it at the same time. I've already got you back. (laughs) Um, How are you, Amberly? How's life? I'm great, thank you. (laughs) It's been... Oh, I was gonna. I was gonna mention the weather, which number one is a faux pas because it's the weather and that's boring. But also, people don't know when we record this to when we release it, and yeah. I could really be putting my foot in it yeah. if they're like, "Wait, she said it was cold. It hasn't been cold for five days." Also, you could be like Alison listening in Canada. Yeah, and she would have no idea what we're talking about. So yeah, we can talk about other things. Oh, comedy festival is about to start. Yeah, that's exciting. Some, some gaffs, some laughs. Yeah, some hoot hoot nannies. You're doing a, a million shows, I think you said? Four. Four, yeah. That's a lot. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I agree. How many are you doing? Uh, I think I'm doing three performances. So one oh, show. So one but, show, but three performances. Three times. So. That's, that's good too. I'm just doing the bare minimum. <laughs> to, to get, get an a, artist pass? Yeah, so I can see shows for free. Yeah, that's the way to do it, isn't it? Actually, I did the bare minimum by dating Gillian Cosgrove because <laughs> she just got me a pass through her show. So I didn't need to do any performances. She's very good. She's very good. Um, anyway, here we are doing something amazing. Now, let's keep talking about Jill. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we, we did her web series launch this it's week. It's very good. Thanks for coming, by yeah, the way. I was glad to be invited. It's called Whelmed and it's great. I Highly think. recommend it. I give it a fiver. YouTube.com slash Whelmed. Uh, that's my plug out of the way, but it's a wicked show and I had a great time making it. I had a great time watching it. <laughs> <Thanks, Emily. laughs> um, should we do the facts? You reckon? 
Yeah. We can just keep gabbing on. Nah, I'm ready. I'm ready. Oh, Let's do okay. some facts. Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? Well, you went first last week, so... Oh, all right. Not keeping score, but sure. I was going to say that worked so well in the last episode ah. that you should go first again. I did give you a teaser of mine. Yeah. No, I want you to go first, please. Really? Yeah, absolutely. All right, I got some great facts this week. I mean, I obviously have great facts every week. Yeah, but especially but this, this week. This week they're, they're well researched. Whoa, that is new. That is new. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you said on the scoot here because that's how we get to the recording studio. It's very fun. It's a highlight of the week. And I don't mean that to be like, I have a sad life. It's like scooting is very fun. Very fun. Mario Kart. Um, (laughs) So when we were scooting on the way here, you said... Uh, you've done some research this week because and the, the rationale you gave is because I hate it how you ask me questions that I don't know the answer to. Because <laughs> I'll, I'll say everything I've got on it and then you're like, but how about this? And so, I'm like, well, ask Google. <laughs> well, I'm going to get my Ray Martin on, my Yana Vent on, oh, my yeah, Kerry O'Brien. You have to set yourself up to, to for my failure. I am really going to ask some hard-hitting questions. I'm probably going to tell you everything I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, hit me. What's your first fact? Okay. A British botan... Oh, I've already ruined it. <laughs> you almost swore, too. Oh, dearie, dear. Now, here's what I think you were going to say. Okay. A British potato... No. Nah. Uh, it, see, this is where I went wrong, is I went, Bo, it's bot. A British botanist. Oh, I thought you were going to be meant bot like a robot, and I got excited. No, we're not talking about robots. We're talking not about... Yet. Tea! A British botanist broke China's monopoly on tea in the 1840s by disguising himself as a British noble from beyond the Great Wall and requesting tours of tea plantations where he learnt the secrets of tea production. Oh my word, like a spy. Yes. Like a very low-stakes spy. But like a spy that like put on a costume (laughs) and then like changed the the economy of China forever. You'd just be so worried about being caught out. Not this guy and i've seen pictures of him he does not look asian in the slightest <laughs> no but he wasn't pretending to be asian was he, he was pretending yeah he was oh <laughs> he was pretending to be from beyond the great wall oh so i'm keep, part of you, your you, empire you're going too far let Sorry. me keep telling you about it yeah, go, go, okay go. so <laughs> uh in oh i've already ruined it i've said british he was scottish oh wow you Scottish. Wow, this fact's not going well for Look, something that's well researched, allegedly. It, it did, it, it, it spell corrected. But oh. now I do remember, he's definitely Scottish. Okay. Still not Asian. In 1847, <laughs> little known Scottish botanist Robert Fortune stole tea from China. Uh, he didn't see it as stealing because he thought that the plant belonged to the world. At this point, China was the only country producing tea. Yeah, man, tea belongs to the world, man. You can't just keep it, man. Yeah. Capitalism sucks. Let's burn It's a really good Robert Fortune impression. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So he went expecting to find black tea plants and green tea plants, right? Because they're separate. That's what they'd seen. But he learnt, as I did, same plant. I did not know that. Um, They're both derived from the same evergreen shrub, uh, Camellia sinensis, which means Chinese tea plant. Oh, no. It's been been stolen. Just, 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 but also, how good is my research so yeah, far? A very um, good research. And he found that it was through the fermentation and processing that distinguished black and green tea. That being said, there's still different plantations for the separate tea. They're not just yeah. harvesting it all and let's do whatever we feel with it. <laughs> this it's is like, Russian caravan. This is yeah, Darjeeling. Yeah, yeah, no. This is um, Earl Grey. Are they different leaves? I don't know. Are they different leaves? Don't Ah, you Ray Martin dare. is in the house. <laughs> uh, is Earl Grey and Russian caravan a different leaf? 
Moving on. Okay. In September 1848. If you know, email us. Hello. Something at gmail.com. Thank you. <laughs> uh, in 1848, Fortune was traveling from Shanghai to the Green Tea region. It was a three-month trek. Ooh, he took his um, two trusty servants called Wang and a man referred to um, as Cooley. Okay. Um, Fortune- Good to know. This is this is what gets me makes me think that he pretended to be Asian because Fortune had his hair shaved off and a faux queue attached to the back of his head and donned the apparel of a local nobleman or wealthy merchant and over the course he collected thirteen thousand plants oh and ten thousand seeds. Isn't that starting to get a little bit suspicious when his bags are just overflowing? It's just the confidence that gets you. <laughs> yeah, it is. He just pretended that he was like rich. And they were like, we respect that. But then there was a big, there was big issues afterwards because he had to figure out on how to get them back to um, Britain, like because they're plants, and there was like like new systems created to to ship plants. Anyway, that's not what it's about. What it's about is that he he took tea from China and made uh, and changed China's. Econ- why can't I say things today? Economy forever for by like just dressing up and being like, I am a wealthy nobleman from beyond the wall. Show me your plants. And they were like, yes, okay. Do you know what it sounds like? It sounds like uh, one of those comedy movies. Yeah. Sorry, that to me, like- it seems more like a Gilbert and Sullivan <laughs> like musical. It's just like, you know, you can imagine Seth Rogen. He is trying to pass as a nobleman in ancient China. What will go wrong? Uh, and the movie's <laughs> and then, called... And then we're all like, this is too racist. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think, I don't think Seth Rogen's right for this part. You don't? No. <laughs> no? Okay. No. But how interesting is that? What about Joseph Gordon-Levitt? Uh, what can that boy not do? Because, you know, he's done everything from Batman to Third Rock from the Sun. So yeah. maybe he would be terrific in this role. What a charming lad. I'm still trying to think of a title for it. Um, it's not going to work. I don't think it's a good movie. I think it's a good Gilbert and Sullivan musical. There's got to be a tea pun in there anyway. Oh, my goodness. No, I'll wait. <laughs> no, I can let it go. <laughs> if you have a good title for this tea movie starring Seth Rogen and Joseph Gordon-Levitt, email us, hello something amazing at gmail.com. We're going to get flooded with emails, I tell you what. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. You never know. I feel like it's on the tip of my... Tongue tea. Mm. Teep of my tongue. Drink. Steep, something about steeping. Steeping, yeah, yeah. Or Tea like, bagging, bagging. Yeah, bagging. Um, or hot water kettle. Kettle, maybe. Calling the kettle black. Yeah. Mm. This we'll racism work on it. again. We'll anyway, what's your robot fact? Uh, it's actually about virtual reality. I'm going to do two, <laughs> two little quick ones, right? Okay. So there's a company called Vario. Yep. It's a, I, I hope I'm pronouncing it right. It's a Finnish startup. Look, the amount of things we've pronounced wrong on this podcast, I'm sure it's fine. Well, it's V-A-R-J-O. So is that Vajo or Vajo? Okay. Anyway, they're a Finnish startup. And so what they've done, have you ever done virtual reality before? Yes. Uh, what was it? What did you think? I watched a movie. It was a little animated movie. Yeah. Um, it was fine. Is it the one about the aliens coming down? Yeah. Yeah. And like yeah. rabbits? Yeah, that was quite a famous one. Yeah. In VR. I watched it at the at the film the Melbourne Film Festival. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. So what did you think? So it was fine. What do you think of the technology? It's good, you just could look around, see the see the movie. It's good. I'm excited about virtual reality because they have these things, like these treadmills you can go on. Yes. And you can like run around and stuff and it's gonna be really good exercise. Oh, that's my 
big idea that I never made. Uh, Do you know what my big idea that I never made was? So the idea was it's a treadmill yeah. and it has screens around you and you can type anywhere in Google Maps and as you run around, it changes the Google Map. So it's like, today right. I'm going to run around Rome. But it would be better with virtual reality, today right? Today I'm going to run around Fiji. Yeah, so it's basically yeah. the same idea. And it would be was... better with like, oh, and also I can like shoot these dudes. I can I can, sh- I can wrestle this dragon. Which is always... Just be very good exercise, I think. what I want to do, re- dragon wrestling. But that would be hard. Like running and moving and shooting and stuff would be fun. But like actually tactile feedback like a dragon wrestle would be really hard to yeah, do. Yeah, it'd be more about the... Sh- you could, you'd be shooting the dragon mostly. Maybe yeah. with arrows, though. Yeah. So it's a bit more like on theme. Yeah. You yeah. need like a friend to dress in a suit that um, it represents a dragon. So when you wrestle your friend, yeah. it, the dragon <laughs> moves on the screen. How cool would it be if like you could play a game of Zelda or something and every time you jumped, you were also in a harness and you actually jumped like that, to the, like, the, like how video high video game games level. jump. That, that would be so cool. I love that idea. Everyone would be so fit. <laughs> um, when I was in Perth. I've heard no. of it. No. It no. was here in Melbourne. I've also heard of it. So you know how Perth has Adventure World, which we talk about. We've just spoken about so much. <laughs> the world's best theme park. And also, it's fine. I'm very aware that I nearly said talking about. So, you know, Adventure World, we're talking about it on the show. Um, <laughs> we've spoken we're about jarvin. it. <laughs> about it on the show. No, there's a one, like, it's Melbourne's version of Adventure World. It's called what? Fun Fields. Never heard of this. Not as good. No, anyway. Well, it, it doesn't even have a good name. But what I did Fun Fields. at Fun Fields is they have a pirate ship. Yeah. And oh, yeah, you I know the put type. on VR headsets. Ooh. And so you're riding a dragon, funnily enough. Oh, you're riding you a go. dragon through the clouds at the same time the pirate ship ride is going. Oh. And I have never been more sick. Right. <laughs> like, it's just overload and also this is a the big mistake that i made is at the start of the ride they put on the headsets and they say okay look forward and and then they start the thing and they're like what can you see and you're like we're on a dragon they're like perfect start the ride um but what i didn't realize is the reason they say look forward is they need you to be looking directly forward so it matches the vision yeah i was looking slightly to the left and (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and that became forward for the whole ride. So not only was it nauseating no. enough that I was riding a dragon through clouds, whilst also riding a pirate ship, but also it was just slightly off centre. No. <laughs> so, oh boy, my poor inner ear had. Because a... even when I sit on the wrong way of a tram, that changes everything. Oh yeah, this was like that on crack. It was <laughs> unbelievable. Anyway, um. One of the problems to get to the the fact to yeah. get to Vario, one of the problems with virtual reality is that um, the resolution's not very good, and because the computers are a bit laggy, you move your head, and it takes a little while for the computer to compute it. And then your brain is like, no, yes, it's just a bit off, and yeah. people say they report feeling motion sickness when yeah. they do virtual reality for the first time. So, what Vario's done is they've created a headset that they say provides fifty times better resolution than the device currently on the market. So the way that it does a better job of this, and by all reports, it's meant to be indistinguishable from reality. That's intense. We're going into the matrix. Uh Uh-oh, spaghetti (laughs) (laughs) Um, So the device uses a technique called fovated rendering. Oh, yeah, yeah. Of course, fovated rendering. (laughs) which, Which mimics the way our eye works. So um, it incorporates 
eye tracking inside the headset, knows no, where you're yeah. looking, says, let's render that bit really sharp and perfectly, and then your peripheral vision, eh, let's render that less good, which is kind of how our vision works, right? I'm looking at you right now, yeah. and you're perfectly sharp and in focus. And but everything the- else around is... A bit blurry, a bit lower resolution. So apparently um, it provides much more realistic vision, but also the computing power required because it's not trying to compute everything imperfectly. Well, isn't that why you think that um, that we could be living in a virtual... Re- isn't that your reasoning? No, remember, I am firmly in the camp that we're not in a simulation. But wasn't your reason that you once believed that we could be was that, like, they wouldn't have to make everything at all times? Right. So, all that needs so to do So, that's what they're doing. So, yeah, exactly. So, they're doing, like... Yeah, okay, thanks for that existential crisis. (laughs) Yeah, I see what you've done there and I appreciate it a lot. It also reminds me of, have you seen that video of Walt Disney talking about animation and how, like, if you have a a flat painting and you move a camera towards it, everything becomes bigger at the same time, but that's not how we see things. If we're going towards the moon, the moon doesn't get bigger for us. It stays the same at all time. So they learned how to have like these different levels in in animation so that when they move the camera forward, the the moon stays the same and the things that are around you uh, become Uh, bigger. bigger. Wow, that's great. It is a little trick of the brain and it does use less computing power as well. Um, So this has been a real challenge for VR designers is to produce a headset that is high resolution enough on batteries as well. That's the other thing. Yeah. Like most headsets at the moment, if they're doing decent VR, have to be plugged into a computer. Right. So that's called tethered and untethered VR. Oh, we're not going to be tethered, mate. No, so that's the... um... We're bloody free. (laughs) So... That's that untethered is like the holy grail of VR, being able to do a really believable fast compute um, virtual reality experience. Mm-hmm. So the reason why this is, I guess, significant is because fovated rendering is um, almost certainly going to be a part of this future. Yeah, and Vario is the first company in the world to to show it, to put it in market. So yeah. there's a lot of rumors that. Every VR company is working on a version of this, like your HTC and your Google and your Samsungs. But Vario, this little star- startup in f- Finnish land. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's definitely right. <laughs> <laughs> They're the first ones to do it. So congrats to them. Um, that was my, my first quick story. <laughs> yeah. No, I may have derailed us. <laughs> <laughs> But then just really quickly, and I'll group these because they're on the same theme, um, doctors have been using virtual reality at Stanford University to... Um, well, isn't Stanford University where they did the where the experiment is based on? Oh, yeah, Stanford Prison the Experiment. Stanford Prison Experiment. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, I don't same trust, uni. I already don't trust this. <laughs> same uni. So they took a bunch of um, radiologists who uh, were treating a thing called a splenic artery aneurysm. And what they did is they said to the doctors, okay, let's do do this procedure in virtual reality first before you do it on an actual patient. And so treating this bulge, this aneurysm in the artery, is actually quite intricate and very difficult procedure. And so, I assume that, like, one little nick, you might, you might... It might be bad news. So it's really dangerous. So it's like, well, if we can let these surgeons practice before they go in, then that's going to be good. And the amazing thing about it was they didn't just build a computer body and say, good luck. They'd actually take their actual patients, mm. the CT scans that they'd taken of the patient, oh, wow. they'd recreate it in, in 3D, and then the radiologist would go in in virtual reality and actually perform the procedure. So this didn't make the doctor 
was better at doing yeah. the procedure, but it, the results were it improved their confidence in the procedure <laughs> a lot. So they went in, um, like, it's not like doing it in virtual reality. They weren't, like, they're, trembling, like, oh, boy, oh, boy gee. What am I doing here? <laughs> oh, is I'm just a janitor. <laughs> I'm not even from China. <laughs> um, that was... A, it a, was a callback. Yeah, 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 I got it. <laughs> not a racist joke. Um, anyway, so... This is what they think one of the big uses of VR is going to be, training, simulation, Mm. putting people through experiences that they're going to have to do that are maybe very rare and very hard to prepare for. Maybe you can use VR, strap them in, give them a go. I just realised that, yeah, it's always some. It's going to be someone's first time they're, like, operating on a brain. Right. Like, you don't want to be that person. (laughs) No, but someone has Has to to be. be. Someone has to be and, like... Vets, miners, the, like as in people who go down into a mine. Yeah. No one's ever done that before. And they're like, if we can train them up before they do it, then that's wicked. That is wicked. So, that's actually, I would say it's more than wicked. I'd say it's amazing. amazing. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Uh, all right. Fact number two, Amberly Cult. To prevent cheating during university exams, Uzbekistan shuts off the country's internet for five hours on exam day. Oh, <laughs> well done. Where did we talk about? There was a country that turned off the internet. I think it was. Oh Tonga. yeah, 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 yeah. It was in Africa. Yeah, and the, and the government, which was like a dictatorship, was like, no more internet, and just and then the, it off. Like, the community came together. Yeah, it was yeah. like they, they thought it would actually uh, settle down dissent, but it actually made people matter about yeah. the government. Um, so, so the government isn't out saying they're doing this, but it happens like every year. And just as the exam starts, uh, uh, some sort of glitch happens right. and the internet goes up. And after the exam's over, the internet is back. And in Uzbekistan, it's like there are like 150 kids sit this exam. It's in order to get into university. Mm. And only, there's only 56,000 places oh, in university. Wow. So it's made this whole like c- culture of, of cheating. cheating and bribery. And like even the like teachers and the schools are in on it because they want their students to go to uh, university. They've even got things like uh, parachute correctors where they'll throw their um, their tests out of the window and have someone underneath oh, correcting no. it. Or some schools have secret bunkers where they have correctors in it trying to get people to... Um, Unbelievable. Yeah, so it's this huge thing. Um, and so the government tried to stop the cheating <laughs> as much as possible and this was their solution. I think maybe their solution should be have more places in university. Yeah, but nah, nah, for the meantime, they just turn off the internet on that day. Isn't that incredible? That reminds me of a parent saying, I'm going to change the Wi-Fi password until you've done your chores. Oh, sorry, I just read over my notes. It's 431,000 take the test for only 56,000 openings. Well, that's nuts. It's really intense. You like? Did you watch that? Um, there's a documentary on Netflix at the moment called Take Your Pills or something like no. that. Um, and so it's basically saying that Adderall and Ritalin and all those um, prescribed pills for ADD mm. because there's such a culture of needing to perform academically at university and high school yeah. that people are wanting to get prescribed just so that they're not left behind. Right. So if, like, oh, no, no, no. I'm on Ritalin and you're Yeah, not that's on like Ritalin. when like performance-enhancing drugs start, yeah. everyone has to take them. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. Otherwise, which is like that other Netflix documentary, Icarus. Have you seen that? No. <laughs> oh, my God. The main character in Icarus is yeah. if you wrote him as a movie character, 
the People director would go, it. This, this is, is too out there. Uh, unbelievable. This would not happen. This is not true. You've got to watch it. But you've seen the Jinx, right? Yeah, I love the Jinx. The Jinx is amazing. Yeah. That's another character you're like, what? what? How did society <laughs> let this happen? Isn't that nuts? And so so the Icarus, the, the drug cheat one, mm. uh, which is all about, starts about cycling and then ends up about something. Oh, I'll have very, to watch it. Very different. It just won Best Picture at the uh, Oscars. Oh, I'm, no, on, I'm on it. Not Best Picture. Best Documentary. Yeah, well, yeah. I got, got it. <laughs> the Best Picture of the Documentary yeah, subcategory. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. Have you cheated ever? Is it cheating if you have never read the book you were meant to read and have just read the cliff notes? Because <laughs> I've done that a lot. I've done that a lot. Oh boy, have I done that oh, a lot. Boy. Even in uni, like I, there was, they just there was like I did so many courses on Shakespeare, and they're just so, like we'd have to read a Shakespeare a week. Yeah. I'm so guilty of and that. And I'm just very bad at reading. Especially like books that are hard to read as well. Yeah. Heart of Darkness not by a Joseph reader. Conrad. Oh, that is almost unreadable. <laughs> oh, anything by Enric Ibsen. Oh, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The playwright. Every, oh, here's an Enric Ibsen play if you've never heard one. We're sad. It's raining outside. Oh, my country. That's Enric Ibsen. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, no, well, that's the cliff notes for you. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay, last but not least. Okay. Bit, it starts with sad news but ends with good news. Okay, that's how That's how I would prefer it that way than the other way. <laughs> okay, the sad news, Cape Town. You know about Cape Town, how yes. it's run out of water. Wasn't that fake? Because I said that on the podcast last week, but then I heard that it was fake. No, it's not fake. They absolutely are running out of water. They're not uh, at day zero. Okay. They're not at the day where you can't turn on the taps and nothing comes out. Right. But they were certainly, I don't know, I actually haven't looked into it for a little while, but they were certainly at the phase where everybody had a rationed amount of water. You had to come to a collection point. Well, that's there Australia. Were, there were men with guns. <laughs> we grew up in the drought. Can't put the sprinklers on. I know, I know. We can't water our front lawns <laughs> in Dow Keith. No, this is, this is more this important, is serious. I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it definitely pointed out the importance of abundant and clean drinking water. So mm. Australia's Department of Foreign Affairs and an Indian company called Tata have sponsored a competition called the Water Abundance X Prize. So what they've done is they've offered $1.5 million of prize money for the first team who can come up with a way to extract 2,000 litres of water per day from the atmosphere, so from thin air, yeah, using 100% renewable energy at a cost of no more than two cents per litre. That's a... Like, have they just put this challenge out there not really knowing if it's possible or not? Or do they know that it's possible? Well, you know, there's like versions of these challenges. Like, I think Google or someone did a challenge, said the first amateur team to put something on the moon wins a million dollars. Right. I don't know if they knew it was possible or not. Yeah. But, but this seems like a lot of caveats. Yeah. So well, it's tough. It's $1.5 million worth of prize money, though. So Surely it would cost that much to figure this out. So there were five finalists that were announced this week. Yeah. Uh, that's why I'm talking about Have it. Have they all figured it out? Uh, so some Did of they them all are- figure out the same thing? <laughs> we don't know. We don't know yet because... Some of them are more cagey about their solution Yeah, they don't want to others. say it, and then other people steal it. One of the uh, one of the finalists were a team from the University of Newcastle, and uh, what they did, they said how they did theirs. So basically, when you have an air conditioner, you know, an air conditioner just moves heat from one location to another. Mm-hmm. So it's not a very efficient way of cooling your house. It's basically taking the heat inside your house and sticking it outside. Yeah. But the energy required to move that um, heat 
is actually, I guess, a net loss for the environment. So, yeah, yeah. So it's not like you stick on the aircon and you're like, oh, well, doesn't matter. It's a victimless crime. There is actually a, a, a loss to the <laughs> to the world to do that. <laughs> the world feels it. Unless you can power it by renewable energy, which is kind of the point of this competition. Mm-hmm. Fridge works in much the same way. Now, what this University of Newcastle group did was they kind of did the opposite refrigerator. So when you move... Um, hot air outside, you also lose the moisture. So that's why sometimes your air conditioners drip. Yeah. Because the moisture that's being taken out of the air, the dehumidifier is being, um, it's got to go somewhere. So it drips. Uh, so what they did is they kind of did the reverse. Now, and this is where it becomes above my intelligence level and above mm-hmm. my pay grade. But all I know is what they did is they took cool air, they took cool air, which must be moist, and then they heated it up using natural solar uh, means, and then that took the moisture out of the air, and they collected that. So, like they turned it into steam. Yeah, yeah. So here's the quote: They used a desiccant, which is a drying agent, to collect water from the atmosphere at night, and then use solar energy to release the humid, warm air in onto a cooling and condensation device. Okay. That was powered by renewable energy. Is Amazing. That, all the other finalists are a little more cagey. They're like, we're using a hybrid solution of natural and engineered systems. What does that mean? <laughs> no one knows. Uh, there's like a team from India that s- says they have an off-grid water from air device spinning together the magic of material sciences and solar thermal energy. What does that mean? I don't know. <laughs> so... Uh, what happens now is it goes into a real judging phase. So 98 people entered. Each finalist, each of these five, have won $250,000 of prize money for getting this far. And then after the second round of testing, which is coming in July, one winner will receive $1.5 million. Great. So Cape Town will be fine in July, yeah, I guess. we'll be fine. <laughs> Uh, hey, Matthew. Yes, Amberly Carl. What do you recommend? Matthew. I recommend if you need brain surgery, give a doctor having their first go a try. I don't recommend you know, that. Give it a get. Someone's got to be the first. You can I, really I help out a young doctor. I recommend against that. I recommend getting a doctor who knows what they're doing. <laughs> I recommend emailing us at hello something amazing if you know if Earl Grey and Russian Caravan are different plants. Also, if what was the other question? A name for the movie. Oh st- no! Don't email about that one. That one's dumb. So uh, but I do the- recommend while you're on the computer, leaving us a fiver. Yeah. Subscribing, telling your friends about this 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 here podcast you are currently with with listening on your ears to. Also, I will point out that that email address you said before was not an email address. <laughs> what <did> you, <laughs> you just said uh, email us at hello something amazing. <laughs> That's at gmail.com. Hell is something amazing at gmail.com. <laughs> there you go. Uh, needs that last bit. Very important. Yay, goodbye. Yay, goodbye. <laughs>